Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome. Welcome, everyone, to the first ever Distraction Hall of Fame featuring. Yours truly, your first ever first ballot Hall of Famer for the distraction, me, Joel Pearl. I know, I know when I was asked to come and join the Distraction Hall of Fame, when they asked me, when Jeremy and Joseph asked me to join their Hall of Fame, I thought to myself, man, there are so many other people who could be in this Hall of Fame. So many other people could do this, this, but only I can do it from the beginning. Remember the Elias episode when we talked about how how Elias never played his own solos? That was me. I brought that to the table. And as a result, as your first ever distraction Hall of Fame inductee, I thank you. Thank you for believing in me. Thank you for letting me achieve all that I've achieved. And thank you for this wonderful opportunity to host and accept this induction. For the distraction hall of fame Joel, joel what are you what is what are you doing what this is the distraction hall of fame yeah i'm the guy I'm, I'm the guy no no you're not you're not being inducted we're not doing this WWE thing where it's like oh yeah we're on good terms with this person so we're just gonna bring them in and let them say what they want and that, that's gonna be our hall of fame we we, ha- we have like real people who are worthy of being in our hall of fame not not you like who? Oh, I mean, I'm not going to tell you now. I'm not going to spoil this for everybody. But for next week, we will have an actual Hall of Fame ceremony and an actual induction with somebody who is actually worthy of being in the Distraction Hall of Fame. And I can guarantee you, Joel Pearl, it is 100% not you. Oh. That sucks. And I said, psychosis! This one's for all pals and O'Neal. Starts a feud from the jaws of victory With the point gun and the chubby cheese Distraction Hey! Podcast We will fill Wins and losses Don't mean shit So what's Joseph Grinch As I do his bit Distraction Hey! Roll up What do you 
Hello, welcome everyone to the distraction. I'm Jeremy Lambert. Joseph, why is your camera like that? Your camera is there. Is we go. Better? Yeah, there much go. better. I should be really set up too. <laughs> my, post, my posture is poor, Jeremy Lambert. My posture is poor. I'm a little bit tired, but it's Thursday, and you know what that means? It means it's it's time for the distraction, right? Does Jim Ross? He should do a cameo thing, but not like actual cameo where he just says the day. And you know what that means? Maybe like one extra word. Um, Jim, hit me up. I'm willing to do the, the you know the work on this one. We can figure it out. But I mean, I would love that. I mean, we have a great intro song, but maybe Jim Ross should go in our Hall of Fame. Maybe. Are you Did you hear week? last night when he said, "No one knows when Cody Rhodes is coming back"? Five minutes after they announced when Cody Rhodes is coming back. <laughs> you hear that? I heard him. I heard him call Malachi Alistair, which was weird because he like. I don't know if, he, if he's ever called an Alistair nope. Black match. Never. He's a <laughs> special guy, brother. Yeah. And let me be clear. I'm not being mean-spirited. I love the man. Like, it pops me. It's just funny sometimes, you know? Some of the stuff yeah, he says. Just tremendous. It's, it's a real adventure every week. But anyway, how are you, Jeremy? I'm I'm well. It's uh, 2022, allegedly. And the year has been – it's been a lot of wrestling this year. Yeah. Joseph, a lot of wrestling. A lot of wrestling to come. A lot of news too this this year so far. We're only thirteen days in, but it's been there's been some headlines, right? So, yeah, there's there's a lot going on. Um, you know, I'm also still just dealing with the ongoing challenge of podcasting, where we greet each other before we go on the air and then do it on the air too. It's very difficult. <laughs> Last night we forgot to introduce our guests because I'm so bad at that. So, there's a lot happening, but we do have a big topic today, Jeremy. As you know, I mean, you don't know a lot about it. I just kind of said something, and we was like, that's what we're going to do this week. So, yeah. Well, before we get into everything, guys, leave your super chats. Uh, leave your leave your proper chats. I guess I should like put that in the chat or something. I'll do that in a second. J- JJ, po- post the link to the bobber chats and, and things like that. I'll pin it. Uh, JJ does leave a super chat. Says hello, my favorite big stars. Hope you're doing well. Never get tired over the TNA victory laps. Bob's booked his corner three for me. Love you all. Uh, I'm gonna ruin O'Neill's corner three. So just a heads Sorry up on that. that, JJ. Yeah, that's not ideal. You know, uh, the pal Owen in the chat has made yes. it. He's he's done a joke about the many names of Spooky Tom. Yes, Spooky Tom. That's a Twitter, but that ain't mine. Um, <laughs> what's their tag team name? That it's oh, like a Malachi and yeah Brody. Because I was calling him House of Black, and Jack Crosby buried me on the air for it. He was like, "No, you <laughs> piece of shit. They have a, they have an official tag team name. King of the Throne of Death." Something like that. There's there's a load of words together that makes they make sense. The I think, kings so. of the black throne. There you go. That was, I was close. Yeah, I was throat. actually pretty close. Yeah, there you go. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> what are we carrying on to? Uh, there's another, another super chat. Yeah, yeah, we got another super chat from from our buddy Frank. He says, "I'm assuming that you'll be borrowing Kate uh, from as an instructor, inductor, and sending Bob O'Neill to do sour graphs." I don't hmm. know what that means. Well, that would be like a talent trade. Yeah. What would be the wrestling equivalent of sending of getting Kate and sending Bob away? What would that be? Uh, Cody for Danielson. I'll let you figure out who's who. Man, that's interesting. <laughs> that's kind of cowardly on your part because you're protecting your pro Cody gimmick. That's that's something. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> I like Frank's suggestion. Kings of the the Bud Matt's throne. That's good. <laughs> Kings he's of Bud Matt's. He's a character on the show that never shows up. I like that actually. <laughs> Anyway, we have wrestling to talk about, Jeremy. Enough fun and games, all right? 
Yes. So we are we are evaluating the landscape of wrestling in 2022. And I just made that all of those words up because Joseph basically told me, let's just say what we want from promotions in 2022. And I didn't know what that actually meant. I have some notes. Here's what we're going to do. I missed the last show of 2021, right? And I love one of my favorite things in this world of content creation. You know, we always have, we're low on ideas sometimes. We do so many hours and so many words and all this good stuff. It's really fun at the end of a year, start of the next year, to have a look at the broad picture. Take a step back and consider where everyone's at, okay? So I thought what we would do is, and not every promotion is going to get the same detail because you get what you get, I suppose. I thought we should go and kind of analyze each each promotion, like where they, where we'd like to see them trend. And this isn't... I'd rather this not be as kind of isolated as push my favorite guy. It's more big picture. So we'll start with WWE because there's no way on a platform this big am I saying they're not number one. So I'm just going to start with WWE, okay? <laughs> and I have some notes. But I'll let you take the floor first, Jeremy, because I'm prepared. But I'm intrigued. When I say to you, in 12 months' time, when we do another one of these, what would you like to have seen change in the last year of WWE? So this year, looking forward, a, a thing that seems achievable, right? Like, I know the easy answer is, well, Raw could be good or whatever, but, you know, like little things maybe. What do you think, Jeremy? Where does your mind go immediately? Uh, nothing to do on screen. I would like people to have safe employment from this yeah. company. Well, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, I'm not doing this as a bit to set you up for a dunk, like, it feels like we're going to, at the very least, we're going to have less cuts this year than last, right? Last year was insane. Last year was outrageous. Yeah, yeah, I think you'll get the usual post-WrestleMania stuff. Right. Uh, I think you'll get that. And then they always do seem to do one in, like, the November. Because they did, like, right. three or four in the month of November. It was at least two. It felt like it was three. Um, but there was definitely, it felt like a just a calendar month starting early November where they did like three sets of, of releases. I think you'll get the post mania stuff. And then John Cena talked about, it. he's like always post mania, always like holiday season. I think you'll still get those. They ain't got many people left to cut right. at this point. Like you can only thin down this roster so much. I hope that any of the new talent, if you get signed in 2022, I hope you still have a job there at the end of 2022 because mm. it was bullshit that they would sign these people last year and then cut them within a year or sign or bring them up to the main roster and cut them within a month of being on the main roster. Yeah, absolutely. And I agree. And um, I think that's one we can all kind of, even if you love the WWE product, that's one you can probably co-sign, right? Like, yeah, chill on that front. Now, I think on screen, and this isn't necessarily like a demand or request. It's more of a something to follow. I think it's fair to say the biggest story of the year, as we look ahead here for WWE, is how they handle Roman Reigns being the top heel, being the champion. Yeah. It feels like in a year's time, there needs to have been a baby face that was made at Roman's expense. A baby face that beat Roman Reigns and is cemented as the top baby face in the promotion. That is something that I'm not actually convinced we're going to get because it seems increasingly likely to me that Brock's going to beat Roman at some point. And then it's like, okay, so then, you know, what next? If Roman gets through Brock, they're going to need to pick a guy to beat Roman Reigns. In the summer, it will be then, right? Because that looks like the WrestleMania match. So 
the big thing for me, I think everyone knows where I would go. I'm, you know, I'm a Big E fan, but that's not even what this is about. The big thing, I think, if you look at WWE, like in a kind of, uh, you know, cerebral sense, if you really try and sit and think about it objectively, they need to leave 2022 with a true top baby face that isn't Brock Lesnar. <laughs> and ideally isn't a turned Roman Reigns either. Like, it needs to be a top baby face that beats Roman Reigns clean in the middle at some point this year and enters 2023 as the top guy in, in basically in the industry. Again, I think you and I both go Big E with that, but like honestly, exactly. that is yeah, that, but also that isn't even the point, right? You need to just pick someone at some point. I'm not actually against the Roman reign. I know that people have been you know frustrated with it. I think I get it. I think it's kind of as much as they're obsessed with heat, it is a unique situation to have the, the top guy be a heel like this, obviously other than Brock. But you need a pick. You know, Bron Breaker comes up in the chat. Stuff like that, I would I'd respect that from a booking perspective. So that's that's one for me, Jeremy. And any any names other than Big E, maybe Bron, any outside choices come to mind that you wouldn't mind? Do do we think Roman even loses the title this year? I know it seems weird to think that he's gonna go a whole nother year with yeah. this belt, but it seems like they're building towards the rock match mania next year. And that, that match doesn't need the belt. But you know they kind of want to marquee that as Roman Rock belt on the line and everything. Well, and I'm not convinced Roman's losing this title this year. I'm really not. The only reason I kind of am, I think this is Roman's last full-time year. Okay. I think that this year we're going to see Roman kind of shift direction in terms of career. And let me make it very clear, this is not me doing a, like, he sold out bit. Like, that dude's been on top now for seven years. Yeah. That's a run, man. And I think if he has any interest in exploring other other adventures, other projects, like, it's probably that time, right? It's, you know, you're getting to that point where it's probably time to try out stuff. So, I think Roman's going to be a big match guy in the years to come. I think him and Rock will be one of those matches where you just bring them in for Mania season and you, you let it go. I think personally, they're gonna they're gonna have him drop this. You know, here's my prediction, and I think this would be a mistake, but this is my prediction. I think whatever happens at WrestleMania, whether Brock wins or Roman wins, Roman will get the belt back soon enough. Like, even if Brock beats Roman, I think Roman will get it back. You know, mm-hmm. the big thing for me is, are they gonna have Drew win it at that UK stadium show? And everyone knows where I'm at on Drew. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be in... It sounds like I'm hating all the time, but I don't think he's that guy. I kind of think he's more likely to be that guy than some of these more adventurous selections that we give, you know? Yeah. So that one comes to mind. Um, And again, I think that would probably be a mistake, frankly. That's just my personal opinion. But I don't know. We're at a point now, he won that belt in August 2020. Here we are in 2022. This year is going to be a big one in deciding what in deciding what truly came of Roman's dominance, you know? Because let's be fair here. Whatever you think the rest of the product, and everyone knows I have my frustrations. If someone like Bron Breaker beat Roman clean in the middle, that would have been a serious, like, that would have been, you know, a success. So I think um I think there's, you know, that's that's the big story for me in WWE. I have a couple others, Jeremy. Do you have any you'd like to throw in or would you like me to proceed here? I I'm I'm still I'm trying to wrap my head around this this Roman stuff, honestly, because 
Do do you think Brock beats him at Mania, or do you think Roman comes still comes away with the belt? I think there's a question that comes for that, right? Because do you think they're switching the belts and Seth's going to beat Roman? Mm. Because I know that sounds nuts, but like the Seth matchmaking, it gives you the idea they feel like they need to get somewhere. Like it's such a weird thing to do, right? Like just do Seth Rollins out of nowhere. So my question is, are they, because of the, of the day one situation, are they basically just flipping the belts? Like, okay, Brock and Roman can feud over the other belt. We need to get this belt where we need it for the raw side. Does that make sense? Like, that Seth yeah. match kind of, that kind of, um, that gives me the sense that could be what happens there. Now, if that's the case, Roman will win at WrestleMania. If Roman beats Seth and Brock has to lose to Bob via some kind of Usos interference, then I think Brock beats Roman. Does that make, like, there's, I think there's moving pieces here. I don't know what you think is more likely. I don't know. What you, where are you at on that? I, I think I think Usos costing Brock is more likely, and then yep. Brock goes after them for revenge. I'm not having Roman get beat by anybody until that's the guy you're you're outright making. And I don't think Seth should be that guy. I don't think Brock should be that guy. And again, I'm not entirely yeah. convinced that it's going to be anybody this year. Uh, you, you seem higher on it than I do that this is Roman's last like full-time year. I could 100% see a world where he does this year full-time. He goes into he goes into Mania still full-time. He does the Rock match. And then it's actually next summer where he yeah. finally drops it. And that kind of concludes everything with him. That's how I see it playing out in my head. And by the time you get to next summer, I don't – I don't know who's going to be where on this roster. Right, yeah. it, it seems very foolish to try to predict a year and a half out. Um, so yeah, with the Roman story, I'm not ready to say, hey, it's going to have this some definitive conclusion this year. If it does, I'm with you. Have it be definitive. Make somebody in the process. Not Seth Rollins, not Brock Lesnar. You can. I, I think Xavier is a good choice. I don't think it's going to be him. We both love Big E. I don't think it's going to be him. Braun Breaker was probably kind of leading the pack there. I think that's a guy you could just go ahead and, and strap the rocket to and do right. that. As far as like who's on the roster right now, they ain't that many guys because they've ruined a lot of them with, with their booking. Yeah, it's interesting, right? Like, I think, you know, it's worth knowing. I think most of our audience knows this. I think going back to Seth for the bell is kind of like, I'm not, it's not my thing. Yeah. It's just, there's, there's an alarm bell for me with him, with him booking that match. Yeah. Like it's, it feels like they're trying to get somewhere with that. So I don't know. It'll be something to watch now. Talking to guys switching brands and all this chaos and essential unifications. One of my points here, Jeremy, I'm intrigued where you're at on this one. This is all it says. I left it nice and vague. Make a decision on the brand split. Yeah. I am I'm pro brand split. I always have been, but that was before they fired 150 wrestlers. I think it is very fair that one of my requests for 2022 is just decide what you want to do if you don't really want to do it properly just get rid of it fuck it like i think you should have it but the way they do it man i don't know about that like i'm <laughs> for me personally it's way too loose it has no effect the way they do the draft every year from scratch i just think it's a mess and um i think this year after we've had the brand split back now for since 2016 so this summer, it'll be six years since it came back. I think it's high time they make a choice on how serious they want to take this thing because 
I get that, you know, maybe it's only us nerds that care about it, but, like, when you can just have guys jump back and forth without any explanation, it's, it's frustrating to me. It has, at that point, they may as well just put all the stars on one roster and, and let it roll, you know? Especially because they do this thing every year, Jeremy. You know, like, SmackDown was better than Raw. So their, their response to that was they way overcompensate and, like, the SmackDown roster now is super weak by comparison, right? <laughs> they yeah. do this every time, too. It's just, I think it's pretty clear the product's better for a strong brand split, but they just don't do it properly, I find. It's a real shame. I don't know. Where are you at on that whole subject? I mean, we've always had our gripes with the, the yeah. brand split. I mean, we, we talk about having the real sports feel to it, and they're, they're just never going to do anything like that. At this point, it should end because there is not, and I hate to say that because it's going to take away opportunities from people because like if you end this brand split i don't know if you're going to get some of the the talent even if they're in like kind of just like throwaway stuff like viking raiders i don't know if they're getting a single second of television time if you if you win this brand split so in that case like it is beneficial just to get guys on tv even if you actually have nothing for them yeah and if you and if you toss the brand split like those guys just they ain't, they ain't really gonna make tv but the depth isn't there like it used to be. And unless you plan on calling people up and this is what they should do is like actually call people up and just start adding to that depth. Like we know Champa and Pete Dunn worked main event this week. Maybe you call them up. There's plenty of female talent you can call up. And that's going to bring me to, to my next point. Uh, there's plenty of female talent to, to call up. There's plenty of male talent that you can, you can call up before. I mean, I guess they released a lot of them, but I, I think they, they should do better with the brand split. If they're not going to do better, go ahead and just scrap it and, you know, load it up with all the stars that you want to load right. it up with. And I hope that it, it helps pop ratings and just does better for you. But I'm worried about that because like people are, people are concerned and I am too about like this Roman stuff right now on one show. You try to put this stuff across two right. shows and everything. It's going to, it's going to have just, the problem with it is, is that the brand split should be a way you build new guys because there's right. more opportunity. But the, the reality, I know you know this, like the truth of it is it doesn't work just because like you actually have to do the building part, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and like, I don't watch closely enough to give you a real strong take on this, but I don't think there's a bunch of names we could sit here and agree on like, oh yeah, they're really benefiting. Like they're really getting the big push, push right now, you know? Like, I mean, on SmackDown, I... The stuff that's not Roman and, like, isn't, you know, I guess isn't Charlotte, because even her stuff's not featured really right now, that stuff's not particularly compelling. You know, like, bless Baron Corbin, him and old Madcap are, like, the third big heel. To <laughs> I don't know. I think in an ideal world, I'd like the brand split done properly, but I agree with you that right now at this point, you know, I'm pretty much good on it. Um, okay, what was your next one, Jeremy? You said you had... Yeah, the the women, and you've you've got to you've got to elevate some of these women. It's it, it's Becky. It's still the Becky show on Raw, which okay. It's still a Charlotte show on SmackDown. Bailey's going to be back. I'm assuming she's going to have a big role. Sasha, I mean, she's she's great. She can't stay healthy. Things are just happening there, which is unfortunate because I think she's there. I don't think like I'm, I'm. I know she is their most talented in ring performer, and certainly has the most crossover potential fuck she's doing star wars she was in the national title game pre-show and everything like she should be a huge star for them uh so i understand you you're going with the the horsewomen and everything 
but you you cannot just continue to rely on them and do nothing with everybody else. Like they're Bianca, they're trying. And I do think Bianca is going to get that mania moment against Becky mm-hmm. and people will be like, ah, oh, see, we told you, let it play out and everything. And like, fine. But the Liv Morgan stuff, I don't know where they're going with her now after, after that all ended over on SmackDown. I mean, now that Tony's left, I don't know who Charlotte is feuding with. She's just in the, she's in the rumble. I get like, fuck, she's in the rumble, Joseph. Like, yeah. She didn't have a program. She's just in the rumble. So I don't know who is there on SmackDown. They had like Shotzi and they, they tried to heat her up for like a week and then they, they dropped that whole thing. I can't name you a single woman on the, the SmackDown roster, the tag team titles. Like those are just, they've been obsolete, but those completely suck. They, they've got yeah. Nikki and, and Rhea and, Whatever they're trying to do there, I don't have high hopes for that, but they've got to do something with this women's division that isn't, hey, here's the horsewomen. Yeah, absolutely. And that's been, you know, that's been a long running thing, right? Like, I think it's a really challenging one with the way they book because they don't do, they don't do a lot of non-title stuff, which is a real limitation. Because if we're being honest, I think we all agree that like, you know, the horse swimming should be featured in the big programs a lot. But if you're not going to do a lot of non-title stuff, it's very hard to get them other names up on their level. Like, I actually think overall, as much as there was issues with it, I think Liv benefited from the program with Becky overall. The problem is now you have to follow up. And, like, she's going to be in the Rumble, but then what does she do? Does she have a program at WrestleMania? I don't think she will. But she could, right? She could easily. Like, you could easily do that. So... I think the big challenge is by hook or by crook, whichever way you want to do this thing, you've got to get some – I complete that was one of my ones too. You you have to have some names. And I think it's going to take a lot of resistance and a lot of restraint on their part to not just slot Asker and Alexa immediately back in big programs. Yeah. Because that's been like – because they're, they're kind of the next two names, right? Like if you look at the last five years of the women's division – Four horsewomen. Again, all these people deserve their spot. They're all great. I'm not knocking them, but four horsewomen, Asker, Alexa. And two of those have missed enough time now that they're going to come back, and I could just see them just being like, well, <laughs> that's, that's our problem solved for a little bit here, you know? So, yeah, I agree with you. I think um, – I don't know if I'm confident that will happen, though, man. I've got to be honest with you. You've got the names in – NXT, for some reason, they put Dakota Kai back down there with no real plan outside of doing the Raquel feud. Io Shirai, she's going to get lost in the shuffle there. Like, bring bring these women up and, and do something with it. SmackDown is just, it's really, really hurting. I can't name anybody on that brand. Well, I think this is not a defense because we know what was happening there. But, like, I'm assuming that Tony leaving was, like, as, as yeah. made it even more troublesome is what I would guess. Right, but that, that that's an issue that, you know, one, wh- whatever happened and why she left, it's an issue that they didn't have any type of fallback plan on it. Oh, yeah, they, don't, yeah. they haven't developed anything beyond what they were trying to do Ooh. there and what they were trying to do there wasn't very good. It, yeah, they, Sasha being hurt doesn't help because she's obviously, she's going to have one of the, those main spots. But, and again, the tag team stuff, just what, what are we even doing? That's fun. I, I retired from that years ago. Um, well, the Bellas are going to come back. They'll win the belts and they'll make it a big deal. And then it'll still be the same stuff. There's just the Bellas will have the belts. Yeah, I don't know. I I have to say, Jeremy, I didn't intend to talk about it on this, this program of all programs, but I have to bring it up. 
Do you think it's a coincidence that they're reminding us of the Charlotte Lily doll um, assault? Mm. And if no, why is Alexa on Raw and have they got the balls to do that? <laughs> I don't really want to see because, you know, I, I'm trying not to get heat on anyone here. But, like, when I saw they reminded us of that whole Lily thing, I was like, oh, God. That could be the that could be where they're going here, which would be it would be bold if nothing else. But um, yeah, I don't know. They they've got to get going with that stuff. I hope I really thought Naomi and Charlotte would be a good pick for the Rumble match, but she's just in the Rumble now, Charlotte. So yeah, I don't know. That was they were my three for the World Wrestling Federation. I don't know if you have any others, Jeremy, but I am happy to move on to the All Elite feet because apparently we've been talking for half an hour, so we should probably. Uh... <laughs> now I'm good on, on WWE. I think those yeah. are. I mean, we really, we really did four. Like those are uh, yeah. four pretty big topics, and they're right? and they're reasonable, right? Like, yeah. I, you know, I think there's a lot of stuff that we would change. That's just like, of course, right? But in the big picture, these are things they could get right. I think pretty feasibly. So, AEW. Now, did you like last night's show better, Jeremy? Better than what? Than the week before. Well, the week before at least gave me Hangman and Danielson. Oh my. Last you, night gave me not much. Did you not like last? I, I liked it. I thought it was quite good. Really? I give it. We did a review, Jack Crosby and I, and we both give it like a seven point five. Really? You guys? Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. That Tony Khan check. You know my. You know my TK check didn't clear this week. So. I know that. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I was pretty assured of that. Um, I like the show. I, I'm not saying it's you know it wasn't perfect by any means, but I thought it was better. However. There are some suggestions here that I think we'll we'll yeah, let me uh, let me read uh Jay okay. Blood super chat here. It says for AW follow up, put things over, add me to the bone, fill in character profiles, A to B to C in the words of our Lord Cody Rhodes, do the work. Yeah. Actual always listen to to the code man. He's never steered us wrong, right? Um yeah, I, I wasn't a fan really of, of last night's show, honestly. In terms of what? In terms of like the uh, the actual uh, the big stuff didn't hit for you, or was it more the angles you wasn't into? I'm intrigued. It felt just kind of one. I mean, they and this is their fault, but it's also like to not totally their fault. Crowds usually just more into stuff. This crowd they ran too big of a building. I've been to PNC Arena. Oh, that's like, true. Yeah, that's it's true. it's a big building, and that thing was not. It wasn't very full, and so because it's a bigger building with not as much crowd, the, the sound just wasn't wasn't good. Um, so like that that hurt it because a lot of times AEW crowds can lift the show if if it's not right. if not everything is clicking. Uh, I, I just wasn't into a lot of the stuff that they did. I like the opening segment with with the elite and, and Adam Cole, who's a better right. promo than John Moxley. Uh <laughs> Fucking Crosby, man, he's out of control. <laughs> um like the the main event stuff man i just i love daniel garcia i think sammy Guevara is very good too much just dumb shit in that main event for me and i knew it was coming that's what made it more upsetting so i didn't like that the the acclaimed match i, I could have just left on the cutting oh, yeah. room floor like yeah. deep and Sheeta, i understand why they went the route that they did but i was looking forward to like an actual match from those two okay now, you, there's one big one that you've yet to mention, and I, I've sensed this could be I mean, a deciding factor. I know, oh. but I wanted, I want to frame it as important. Okay. I, from what I can gather, most people's takes on this show are decided by where they were at 
on the Wardlow Punk deal. Yeah. I personally really liked it. I just wish the inside cradle looked like a little bit better. That's my only criticism, really. Maybe one, two power bombs too many, but that's little stuff. Did you not like it? Because if so, that would explain to me more why you were down on the show. Definitely one power bomb. I mean, yeah. many power bombs, too many. I know they were going, Punk loves the Brett tributes. I know he's going with the Brett tribute there or, uh, for Diesel. Too many power bombs. And like, here's how I would have booked that finish, Joseph. To, to protect Wardlow a bit more, to add, to still add heat to the Wardlow MJF thing. And to, you know, still give Punk the win. You know when after the powerbomb through the table on the outside and Punk's like at eight and then he's at nine, you could tell like he's going to climb in the ring and MJF is right there. I would have had MJF hit him and and cause a DQ off of that. And then Wardlow's pissed of like, you made me powerbomb all this times, then you cost him. Like he can still be mad. You don't have to pin Wardlow there. So he doesn't look silly getting caught on inside cradle after eight powerbombs and one through a table and Punk still gets the victory. That's how I would have booked that finish. I think that is good. I would suggest it was probably for Punk, considering how much he gave, I think it was important that Punk got that that roll-up pin. Sure. Because Punk got the – he got the shit kicked out of him. Yeah. That's just me. Now, I don't think that's a bad finish at all. Um, And I saw a lot of people didn't like the finish of the match, so you're not alone in that at all. I just think – I think you're underestimating how much the modern fan would have hated that finish. Probably. And I see people in the chat say that, you know, we watch a long match and then it's a DQ finish and everything. I get it. I'm not saying this is a a perfect finish by any means. I think you could still do this finish. And it was a long long match, but let's be honest. Half the match was just Wardlow powerbombing the shit out of him half the time. It's not like it was this long back and forth battle or anything. No, I get you. I just, I think sometimes, like... They've very much trained their audience. They're going to get a pin for or a submission. And I think that is probably, that's probably more important to pop to different parts of the fan base than it is to you and probably even me sometimes. That makes sense. Like, yeah. I think people, I get you though. I don't think you're necessarily wrong. Now, I will say, brother, I loved the Garcia Guevara match. I'm surprised you wasn't with that. I mean, I thought. No, I loved the match, but I just, I didn't need all the, the interference stuff. Like, what, the two point uh, and the finish, you mean? Yeah. Like, I knew it was coming, but I, I just don't need it. It was pretty short. There was only right at the end there, you know? It felt like it lasted forever. The post-match was more... Now, now hang on a second, though. That segment, that Kingston-Jericho segment, was literally what I, what I booked. Yes, that was good. Like, <laughs> word I, for word. I booked yeah, that angle. <laughs> I liked that. I liked that. Yeah, I thought it was good. I, I don't think... Here's what I'll say. I, I was intrigued by... My little scroll of, of social earlier suggested to me that people were very divided on this show. Some people really disliked it, and a lot of people were like me that thought it was a good show. Um, there are definitely, how do I put this? There is a growing sentiment of like slight frustration with the way they did creative, which is a good way to transition to this conversation now. I think this is an obvious one. And we can, I think we can all agree on this. I like last night's show. You didn't like it as much. The chat seems slightly divided. So I think we can all agree on this. The quality control on overlapping ideas is a big one. Yeah. Following Punk and Wardlow, you got a position, Hobbs and Dante in a better spot. 
because they did the, the, the ideas were too were way too overlapping. You know, like having the having Hobbs do <laughs> get the big man heat after Wardlow just did it against Punk. It didn't do Hobbs any favors, and I actually thought they had a really nice TV match. But that's a case to me of space that stuff out, and you'll be better for it. Um, quality control has been a thing we've talked about for the longest time. And sometimes AEW's chaos is good. Personally, last night I thought it was. So, but there are some times where they would benefit greatly from just spreading things out or at least realizing we're using this archetype here. We can't use it in the next segment. You have to, you know, you have to mix that stuff up. I think that's one that, like, we can all basically say that's the case, right? Fair to say, Jeremy, some quality control is probably, it's probably yeah, overdue at this point, if we're being honest. And, and maybe that's why I didn't like the the stuff with Garcia and Sammy as much last night with the, all the run-ins and the fighting on the outside. Yeah. It's like, all right, cool. I just saw Jay Lethal and Ricky Starks kind of do the, the same stuff. Like I, oh, yeah. it's, I don't, I don't need all this stuff. I don't need people attacking everybody in every single segment. I, I don't need promos being interrupted in every single segment. Like that's, that's that was another thing is, is Archer coming back, which I understand he's going after the title and everything. It feels like a weak next challenger for Hangman. And I know it's a short-term thing. Hangman will probably just beat him on some TV and it's fine. But it was that felt a little weak for me, Lance Archer being the guy positioned as Hangman's next challenger after Brian Danielson. I get you. I think it's a t- because it's a TV program, it's like I'm cool with it. Yeah, well, I, I, I understand. I understand. Um, but fuck, they, they use Dan Lambert to set it up though and get him the fuck out of here. Did you hear like, when he came out and the as soon as he yeah, spoke, the guy in the crowd says, shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> that ruled. Um, okay, you mentioned the promo thing. I think it's another one that is just, is objectively the case. Whether it frustrates you or not is a different thing. Sometimes it does me, sometimes it doesn't. I know it does you quite a bit. Um, the the promo, sorry, the segment playbook needs some advancing this year. I think we've yeah. probably seen TK's plays now enough to know where he's going. Look like, like Look, the perfect example is this, and I don't have a problem with this. If you do, I get it. I don't. Jurassic Express being interrupted by Silver and Reynolds so they could do the match for Friday. Like, that is his go-to rampage. That, like, dudes walk into the scene. So this isn't even a big thing. Just having someone in creative that can find, like, different ways to get to these things would Just, help you, tremendously. You've said it. Just, Just book the match. Like, have... Uh, Jungle Boy and, and Luchasaurus be like, you know what? You know who deserves a shot? Reynolds and Silver. Like, those guys, they work yeah, hard and everything. Just It's two babyface teams. You don't need them to go in there, interrupt, and be like, hey, how about we do this? It's like, just have Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus say, you know what? We, yeah. we want to give these guys a shot. It's hard, though, because then I feel like we'd come on here and be like, well, where did that come from? You know? I just this is the story of the Wad. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Difficult. I, I think that's what he wants to do, but I feel like he needs to give you like a, he feels the need to give you an angle, you know? And then some of the, I think in fairness, and this is probably worth noting, that example is not as bad as the attacks, right? Do, like the best... do, it, do it based on rankings. Like they, they have these stupid rankings. Like do it based on, on that. Be like, hey, yeah, you know well, what? We're going to, where's, I don't even know if Silver and Reynolds are ranked. Like why, why are they even getting a shot? Uh, they are. They're fifth. So, like, you know, they're, they're fifth in the rankings. These other teams, they're say whatever you want about them. But, like, give them a shot based on that. Use the ra- Actually use the rankings to book some of these matches if you want to book them instead of the interruption stuff. Jeremy? What? Have you re-signed with the World Wrestling Federation? Maybe. You began to rant then like you was... Like you was doing a wrestling podcast. You know I hate these rankings. You know I, know. I hate them. We don't raise our voice on the distraction, man. Come on. We ain't, we ain't going to be sitting here getting all mad about it. Come on. Let's, you know, let's just, just well, take it easy. very serious show. So. Take, just take it easy, brother. It'll be okay, all right? <laughs> no, no, I don't think you're wrong. Um, I think there are worse examples than that one, like when there's people getting jumped. And the rankings, like, I, I kind of – Jack and I talked about this a little bit last night – if you're going to do them, they should probably do them more. They should probably be more focused than they are. Um, yeah. But at core, the idea, and I think, we, again, we can all kind of co-sign, like mix it up a little bit, be a little bit less predictable with how you set up matches. Um, and I know that would help the product. So, so that's one. The chat's talking about it, so I'll bring it up here now. Um, the, the You know, the women's division, right? Now, the, I think at Kate, this point... Kate says a second women's match may shake it up. There you go. Um, I think that at this point, if the, if your issue is still the talent pool, I think you're being a little bit generous to creative, right? Like there's more than enough talent now in that division to get some stuff going. I get why, you know, people do the thing about like TV times premium, but like the Acclaim wrestled on TV for about eight minutes last night. So I don't know about all that. <laughs> Like, I, I feel like at this point... That, that's where you can do a second women's match, right? Like, you don't need the yeah, acclaimed I would suggest country out there. Whatever your opinion is on the wider matter, I would suggest that it's probably a little bit silly that the company treats two women's matches like this unachievable, like, dream that one day they'll reach. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, I think there's something to be said for... For, that, that feels like something that could be easily done, especially when you're doing a two-minute Serena D sheet of match. I think the women's division has, like, pretty clearly got better this in 2021. I think I think it improved quite a bit. And there's a lot of success and triumph there. The big thing this year is, and this is on creative, not the women involved. They have to give, they have to give the audience more chance to truly invest. Too often, these women matches are sent out there, and those of us that are in the bubble and it will be good, give a thumbs up, but they aren't given enough TV time to get over in the building, and the crowds go quiet. That isn't a, just coincidence or a knock on the women. That's a, You have to do the work, you know? Roots matches, she's the outlier. Um, 
And like even for you know Brits matches, there's issues with them, but like the audience was still more with the Riho match than they are generally with these. And you just need to do a better job of getting people to invest. And that actually might mean this might sound kind of productive, but hear me out. It might mean focusing on a smaller group for now. You know, getting them all truly over beyond when they come out on dark, they're going to get cheered. Like they're not. I'm not saying they're not over whatsoever. I'm just saying they're not invested to the point where the matches truly feel important to that live crowd. And that isn't on the women. That's what, you have to actually change that creatively. So I think um, I think you know you need to kind of be more and you need to be more daring with that stuff, man. You need to kind of trust the talent and make it happen. So. That's what I think we could all like, you know, we'd all like to see this year. So I'm yeah. I'm very interested to see how they now that they have two women's titles, like how they how they book these moving forward. Because Brit's been a focal point and now Brit is, is paired up with with the elite. I think it's gonna be kind of like one off, like, hey, we know we know they're they're a real life couple. We we have no problem mentioning that on TV. I think it makes sense. For them, yeah. especially the the way they did it last night, and I really like that segment. Um, I don't think it's going to be oh Brits in the elite now or anything like that. Uh, but you know she she's the women's champion. We'll see where they go with that. And now you've got the TBS title with Jade, and I think we both agree that the Jade doing kind of longer matches not really her forte right now. So how are you going to build up women to challenge for one title or the other here? Uh, that's something they've done fairly well with with the TNT title. With the TNT title, they have relied a lot on like the open challenge type thing, and I don't know if you want to be doing that so much right. with with the TBS title because you figure Jade is going to like squash a lot of the a lot of these people. Uh, and and the, you have more sort of men at your disposal that you can just put in this. Let's have let's go out there, just have a great you know, 12 to 15 minute TV match, the person yeah, it's can different. lose. Yeah. It's okay. The women, they don't have as many women like that where it's like, oh yeah, you can just beat them in a 12 to 15 minute TV match. Cause I don't know if a Jade should be doing that stuff to help her, help her improve and, and get her along further. Um, but you just don't have women who are going to go out there and can like afford these sort of losses and these longer matches. And I don't trust that these matches are going to look the way you would hope they would look. Yeah. I just, and this is important, right? And I'm not trying to give them too much credit, but like there are right now multiple different dynamics and feuds in progress with women. Like, yeah. like even even the Layla Hirsch, Chris Statlander thing has been actually on TV. And that is, a, I know it sounds like I'm giving, but like that is something, you know? Like it, that matters that that's actually on TV now. It's just a matter of, is it better to do five stories that are advanced with tiny pre-tapes most weeks or to do two and really swing for the fences? Ideally, you don't have to choose between those, right? But, like, I do wonder sometimes if the way they do storytelling generally doesn't suit the women's division as much as it does the men. That's that's my, my personal take. Like, I think with the men, the way they kind of share the ball and have everyone involved it works very differently to when you have a division i think i think they in some ways are better locking on like the core but either way i mean i think they've, they've made progress and hopefully this year is a big year for division because this be honest with all the folks that have left um the other place by the end of this year that talent roster should be stacked i mean there's like yeah. four or five women now that we could all say we think are probably gonna end up there they're gonna make the division better too so I don't want to hear anything about the roster at that point. I don't want to hear it now, quite frankly, but especially come like March, April, 
when these people land where we expect them to. Like, it's you know, you've done it. You've done some good stuff this last year. Now it's time to kind of look forward and, and keep that keep that going. So, I think that's one that, again is pretty fair. Now, here's an interesting one. I know you saw. I think it was Lucha Blog tweeted this about like the lack of matches that are truly competitive in terms of prediction. Yeah. And and so so the example that I believe they used, and, and to be clear, folks, this is not even me saying this makes this is like a big thing for me. I think it's worth talking about. So last night there was a match the acclaimed and bear country, right? And everyone knew that was a match to get the acclaimed to win, which is fine. You can't have guys never win on TV. I get that. They're gonna wrestle Sting and Darby they didn't win on TV. However, do they do that? Do they do that play too often for your yes. That is, is that I, one for you that you would like to change? Joseph, I said this uh, like a year and a half ago that yes. there's just too many matches on Dynamite where it's like, okay, they're just booking this and you you sort there's not a lot of intrigue in the outcome because you okay. know who's going to win. You know what they're going for here. And that's fine. Like you said, you need to get guys on TV who are just going to win and and stack them up and get them these victories. I understand that. I don't have an issue with that. But they do it so often and a lot of times with the, the same amount of guys. Like I get – they're setting up Adam Cole for, for the next big uh, title for, for the Hangman program, I think. That, that's been my prediction for, for a while now. And yeah. I still think that's the way. Plus Adam Cole, I don't need him just like beating Trent Beretta on on random rampages and, and things like that. Like I, right. he's over. He's won. He's won enough matches. Just get to the to the story with things there. I don't. He doesn't have to just keep winning matches for me. Um, mm-hmm. I would like to just see other talent sort of featured instead of hey, here's an Adam Cole match that's gonna that's gonna be good. I'd I'd rather see a a Dante Martin against whoever. And then maybe there was actually a Dante Martin against, against Ricky Starks. I think we all think that Starks would win, especially if the FTW titles on the line, but like there's actually some intrigue in that match to do that. Right. Uh, I'd rather see stuff like that. than all right, here's a match where you kind of know who's going to win. Yeah. I think it's interesting because I think each week you'll have a different number of how many of those matches exist. Right. So like I personally found it hard to predict Don Ann Hobbs. I yeah. thought Wardlow and Punk had intrigue. Me too. So not every week is it like an, a real thing, but I agree with it generally. I think my part of this would be, I think one element that I think they could do better as a television product, I and this is going to sound weird, but it isn't dissimilar to what I said with women. I sometimes think they are too keen to get everyone like on TV at some point. And that is admirable in some ways, but there is also something to be said for you've got an all-star roster, use it, you know? Do more star-heavy matchmaking. That doesn't mean hot shot necessarily. Like, I just... Here's the example I'll use. I said this last night. Like, I don't know if the acclaim needs to get a program of Sting and Derby, you know? Yeah. I kind of think there should be, like... And some people are the opposite. To be clear, some people love the fact that it feels like anyone can wrestle anyone. So this isn't me being trying to say this is an objective take. This is just me, you know, like my personal taste. I personally think some dudes should be kept out of a certain tier. I think if everyone works with everyone, it kind of blends. Because you know for a fact, Sting and Darby are not going to beat the Acclaim like flat. They're going to give them like 12 minutes and have a real match. And that's fine. If you like the Acclaim, you like the Acclaim. But to me, 
sometimes I think they would benefit from matchmaking in a more kind of ambitious way than they do. You know, like I think it's great that you feature some of these guys underneath. I just, I, I don't think everyone needs to kind of be seen as on the same level. And I think that's been a topic with Punk, like when he had the match with QT. And I get it was telling the story they did with MJ. I understand it. I just, I don't know. I don't know if it's always the best thing for a television product, for me personally. And like, look, Chops is fair. People like the acclaimed. I'm not a big They're fan. The, but it's the, like chain. the crowd likes them. So you could argue they've earned that. They've got over, right? So that's just my perspective. Like I mentioned it with 2.0, like, I think 2.0 are a really fun act. Do I think they need to be in a program with Jericho and Kingston and guys like that? Personally, I don't. But that may be me being a little bit old-fashioned. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm right on this. I'm saying this is my, like, personal taste. That's just me. Yeah, I I wish they would book more sort of the, the mid-card guys against each other to, to right. maybe elevate one of them. Or, just, again, just create some intrigue. Like, they have so many of these guys. What th- throw out there? Give me like a Tony Nice for somebody. What, what happened to him? Like throw him out there against somebody where it's like, hey, maybe he could beat this guy. Maybe he couldn't. Like do Garcia against Tony Nice. I think we all think that Garcia should win that match and would win that match, but they might have plans for Tony Nice and like they beat Garcia every single week. But just give me something different See, where I feel like the the levels are too off on a lot of these matches. The chat is tremendous because here's where you're seeing why this is such a difficult conversation is 2.0 has already divided the chat <laughs> they claimed <laughs> they claimed you know i'm disagreeing with it on the so it's a case of you know beauty in the eye of the beholder right so like it's you know it is what it is i understand it it's just there are times where i think like and, and the gun club was an example i used like i don't need the gun club laying out darby and sting man like and people said they only did it once. To beat both of them well, they, they said you know they only did it once and it's like well that's fair i just i think you have to to me when you have a roster of that caliber you don't need to give everyone a chance to run the possession you know like you can you can really i think there's a need... world in which they can stack these more and I, and people when i say that people think i'm saying hot shot and i'm really not I just, I, don't, I think people underestimate that they have like 20 guys that they've got over as top guys. And it's like, I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> I don't know if that's fully found in the matchmaking right now. But Joseph, I think what we're all really saying is like, you, you can mix it up. You can go deep a little bit. You don't need to, you don't need to call a pick and roll for, or I was, I was using a football term. You don't need to call a screen pass for Brian Pillman Jr. just to get him a touch, all right? Yeah, like, yeah that's just, there, there's a, that. Look, God bless him, but there's a perfect example, you know? <laughs> like, you have to, I think, sometimes, some things have... Now, in fairness to the Varsity Blondes, they've been killed every time. Brody King, he took poor Brian Pillman Jr.'s head off. So, yeah. I don't even know if that's like... Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm As I'm talking about it, talking myself in and out of it. I just, I think that there's a middle ground between irresponsible hotshotting and like what they're currently doing. I think he may be too conservative sometimes as a matchmaker. And I get it because everyone warns against hotshotting, right? Like, don't do this. Don't do this. I get it. I just, man, I don't know. I think they have a roster to be kind of swinging for the fences a little more than they do. That's my personal take. Folks will disagree, agree, whatever. But that's where I'm at right now. 
uh, Jay Blood says, fairness, they did say they wanted a top five team. So and Reynolds walked in saying they're in the top five. That's fine. Like, oh my God, you just been owned on the air. No, again. I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need them walking into the screen. Say, say they're a top five team. And then say Tony Schiavone. He's like, well, you know what? John Silver and Alex Reynolds are number five. How about you face them? They're like, yeah, cool. We'll face them. Like set yeah. it up that way. You don't just need them. Everybody walks in a screen, interrupt. Fuck these rankings. All right. My God, pal. Jay Blood, I'm gonna kick him. UK in the man, head. kick, kick Jay Blood in the head. How out of place does he look with his pals in that faction, man? <laughs> He's so. Bobby looks like their dad, man. It's incredible. God bless him. Um, yeah, I, I'm not gonna dwell on that, Jeremy. You may have got owned on the air, but that's fine. Um, Jay Blood, Jay Blood also says if they just use the rankings to do star heavy stuff, top five, top ten matches matter. Stories can spawn for them. I agree. I agree. Use the rankings more. Do away with them. The rankings mm. suck. I've hated those things. Bane of my yeah. existence. And TK is going to get the you buried the roster argument. Well, that's that's one hundred percent true, right? But it's a case of like you have to. It's that that quote, right? The, it's about professional wrestling. To be clear, this is not a comment about anything other than. Professional oh, Joseph, wrestling. Joseph, let's, let's end the conversation right now. Dynamite sucked last night. It only did nine hundred sixty-nine thousand <laughs> viewers and a point three nine, and the demo did not draw uh, over a million, so it sucked. It actually, apparently, it tied with the Raw and the demo. So Raw sucks as well. What can you do? Wait, but didn't do over a million, million, so the show sucked. No, but the demo tied with Raw. I think that's. A, I think you've been owned. How? Because well, Raw had Alexa Bliss this week, so that was like their, that must have been their best demo of the year, <laughs> the second week of the year. I think I think you've lost that. I don't know. I don't know what we judge it on the million or the or the demo. Well, we if decide? you're doing the demo in comparison to Raw, Raw was against a national title game. In, in fairness to that, like they were going to get slaughtered. In fairness to the WWF, says Jeremy. Lane. Look at Bruce is sending the checks this week. All right, absolutely sending the checks. <laughs> in in fairness week. to those in New York. <laughs> Point three nine is probably pretty good, I guess, right? It seems like know. it's good. I don't know. I don't keep up with this stuff. I, I always see, use the million as the baseline of That's if it's fair. good or not. Which is we all do it, and it's so silly because it's like just rounding. Like they're yeah. so close to it. <laughs> um, one thing I will say is, you know, I say they're conservative in some ways. God bless how much faith they have in some of these young dudes, man. Like, yeah, God, see a main event in on Wednesdays. Like, that's gonna pay off big one day, man. It's gonna. Because he's going to end up being the best wrestler in the world at some point. He's so fucking good. Yeah, and they've invested the times. So that's where they do a great, great job. So, anyway, congratulations to AEW. I believe they've just owned Jeremy Lambert on the air again. <laughs> um, have, Who are okay. you to question the point guard, Joseph? Hey, man, let's not go down that road here, okay? That's law between only you and I. Um, okay, should we do? Bob's going to talk about impact. Is he? Yes. That's what he's going to do. In the, indeed. Shit, indeed. <laughs> um, let's do one more promotion. Would you rather do ML Dub, Ring of Honor, NWA? Which of those would you rather do? You could do GCW too. Which would you rather do before we hit the hour mark here, just briefly? I mean, I feel like we did an hour on Ring of Honor, so I don't feel like yeah. we need to touch on that too much. Everyone go to youtube.com slash Fightful Distraction. Myself, uh, Joseph, and Steven Jensen talked about the re reimagination of Ring of Honor. So we gave plenty of thoughts of what ROH could and, and should look like in 2022 and beyond. Um, you want to do GCW? Because it feels like 
Mm-hmm. GCW is actually the third brand. Well, you know, Impact have they've rallied this. this yeah, they have rallied. Time. That's true. That's true. But that's fair. GCW. I mean, it's it's different with them because their their structure is so different. But obviously, yeah. their, big, their biggest show ever is what nine days away. Yeah. And well, they've even said like they don't want they don't want television or anything like that. Let's right. let's let's do MLW or NWA. MLW. I know what you want from MLW. <laughs> I want fucking victory. I want blood. <laughs> I want Colt Bauer to get a nice $50 million payout and, and run wrestling forever. <laughs> you know? Um, serious question. Neither of us are lawyers. I know it goes about saying, but I'm going to make it clear. Neither of us are lawyers. Is this more publicity stunt than it is lawsuit? Hmm. No hate way, but it kind of yeah. Yeah, potentially because I don't know what their their odds are of winning. It seems like they got like a good firm and stuff behind them. I don't know, but uh, my God, I saw I saw a tweet saying that th- this company like represented like some some high profile cases and won and everything. Um, but yeah, they're they're gonna get the publicity out of it, right? Like if nothing else, that will they're, they're definitely that gonna be- get the publicity out of it. Man, there's a world in which this is really funny, you know? <laughs> I just, there's many different ways this could go. For MLW's product, I think it's pretty clear. So I watched the Azteca program. If you liked it, God bless you. But I, <laughs> them trying to do their take on the Lucha Underground stuff, ain't, they ain't yeah. up to it, brother. Like, yeah. Everyone has different strengths. That ain't theirs. Um, they thought they thought they could just get Dario Cueto and be like, look, same thing. It's like, mm, yeah, it's not. not quite. But would you like to know my big target for MLW in 2022, Jeremy? Bray Wyatt? I think it's time to finally secure the big right still. You know the one that Colt has meetings about every two weeks? <laughs> head back to New York City, head back to LA. Time to get that big deal, right? Because the Vice TV thing really confused me because they got a deal and then it just ended. Is that yeah. in this lawsuit or is that... That's not why they got thrown off the No, head, right? no, this is about like Tubi. Because there's something about Vice. They called Vice, but they still were on Vice. I don't fucking know. <laughs> the point is, and this is not like, look, Colt's actually got some genuine strengths to risk in person. So God bless him. He's trying. But seriously, they need to get or find a way to get them to see what they're doing. Because they're on YouTube and like, I have to go out of my way to find out, you know, what's happening in MLW. Like, there's no buzz about it, unfortunately. So that's that's the big challenge, whether they actually intend to do that or just kind of fade away. I don't know. But time will tell, Jeremy. We're at the hour mark, so God bless us all. About the NWA, you think they should just keep going straight up the middle? I watched the NWA last week. Um, I'll be honest, they just need some, they just need some talent. Yeah. That format's still got some juice. It's just the only guy that used it properly on last week's show was Cardona, who did the best promo on the show by a mile. Like, he's so much better than everyone else because the, they just don't have the talent for it. They're kind of, in that sense, they're almost different to all the other brands, right? There's pieces I like everywhere else. There, it's just like, well, they ain't a whole lot. And I actually think the format still has a lot to offer. You need to obviously find the right place for it in terms of platform, but you need some talent, man. You need, you need more Darius Lockhart and less... Tyrus. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, Joseph, we're at the top of the hour. You know what that means. History bottle. Bang! 
Robert O'Neill's here. Hello, Robert O'Neill. What's up, guys? How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? You don't sound very well. The Bulls got the shit good. kicked out of them by Kevin Durant and James Harden last night. They Feels did. Like I, went, I went to bed early because. Oh. Well, why are you dressed? Why are you dressed like a Sith Lord tonight? You look very. <laughs> no, I got the I got the Brock sweatshirt. Just oh wasn't... God bless. Yeah. Uh, fair. fair. All right. What are you going to talk about tonight, Bob? Uh, I'm talking about Impact, I believe. Boy, ready, O'Neal? Yeah, go ahead. Do the time. All right. Here we go, everybody. History final. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I was watching Impact the other day. I watched Hard to Kill. I talked about that a little bit the other day. And uh, it was a really good show. And it's just like, you know, I think kind of my grand point here, and I'll circle back to this, is we – are probably too hard on impact just kind of everyone that does these you know there's there's not like a pro impact thing it's still kind of stuck in the lol tna stuff and you know i think um what i'm gonna personally try and do is not be so hard on impact and not you know make them all the uh, targets of the jokes and stuff because they don't need that they're actually they're not doing terrible stuff over there like i think uh their women's division is uh very um the the women's division is very strong. It has been strong for years. Uh, you know, Deanna Peraza is very good. Uh, they're still Mickey. Uh, Deanna and Roxy tonight should be a lot of fun. Um, you know, Speedball Mike Bailey's back tonight. Um, they have a pretty interesting TV match with Josh Alexander coming up that uh, I'm not going to spoil, but it's with a guy that I've been a fan of for a long time. Um, so, yeah, I do think – you know, the thing about Impact, and you guys are kind of talking about the 2022 stuff, what you want to see from them. I think ideally um, they do need to get a couple more top guys who people actually, you know, have some sort of feelings about. So if it's like, you know, go out and get Braun, go out and get Bray Wyatt um, just to do something. So your top program's not, you know, Moose and uh, Morrissey and Matt Cardona. Um, just, you know, get a guy people can get behind. And I don't know. I think they might be onto something here. I didn't think I was going to be someone that watched our TVs every week, but uh, I'm going to do that, I think, starting tonight. I added it to the DVR, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, you know, a lot of this is for JJ. Because um, I realize that we're very hard on a promotion that he actually enjoys, and I don't like when people do that to me, so I'm not going to keep doing it to him. And, uh, yeah, I, that's uh, that's really about it. You know, I just think we can uh, focus a little more on impact and uh, – that would be a net positive for everybody. This great audio, <laughs> I know. I um. So I wasn't looking at the screen at first, and then uh, you know I didn't know what you're doing. Then I looked back, and I wasn't going to sell it. And now I'm out of things to talk about, and once again, don't have the timer. So this is great. This is going really well. Um, You're Devin Booker at the free throw line. <laughs> but yeah, no, and Only you know, person heckling you. Yes, but no, I do think just kind of the overall point. Just focus more on impact. I got some New Japan people coming in. Uh, it looks like they're going to have a strong couple months. I mean, everyone's kind of expecting them to ultimately screw it up, but I think uh, we can give them the benefit this of the doubt for now. Brutal. This is brutal, O'Neal. This is brutal. Wow. <laughs> Wow. History wow. Mm. I've seen some shit on this show in my time, but that was there was one point where the audio was Bob talking about moose while you like <laughs> ruffled a plastic bag <laughs> trying to get trying to get another another dinosaur. Good lord. That was good. You tried, Bob. I thought I listen, Bob, 
that was a nice wholesome message that Bob sent there. He basically just said TNA, TNA, T. Go on, Bob. TNA, TNA. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like seriously, I don't think they're um, you know they're not at the LLL TNA days anymore. They're not you know 2005 when they were on the rise and actually good, but they are somewhere in the middle, and there's a place for that. Let's be honest. For all of its faults, it has many of the features that we we claim we want from this fantastical imaginary third promotion. Yeah. Many of the ex-WWE guys work there now. Um, much of it is their fault in terms of both reputation and exposure, lack thereof. However, it is undeniably a nice place to go and reinvent yourself. When you look at a guy like, like uh, Steve Macklin and look at how he's rejuvenated his whole image, when you look at the fact that Deonna Prazo now feels like one of the top woman stars in the world, which she did not feel that way when she got there. Mm -hmm. There's much to be said for Impact's uh, presence in the industry. And you're, I actually think... Hmm, I, I get why there's a lot of criticism, and I think some, uh, quite a bit of it is earned. However, mm -hmm. I think that this regime that Damore has led, you know, Callis previously, but Scott Damore's time there, I think has been objectively impressive from the most part. Yes. Like, it ain't perfect, but I think he's steadied the ship. They may not be going up any, but at least they're not, like, you know, constantly treading on grenades. Like, I think they're kind of competent. And let's be clear here. The fact that they rebuilt that partnership with New Japan at all is fucking insane. Yeah. Well, there you go. There you go, folks. Take that, Impact fans. We were, we were nice. Kate says, Bob, finally a main roster talent. Mm. I guess I don't know. Uh, and JJ says Bob did great. Glad you enjoy the product. TMA, OMG. I hope your I hope your check from JJ cleared because Jesus Christ. Yeah, I mean it's going to be an interesting few days. I'm watching two GCW shows this weekend. I'm changed, guys. I'm different now. It's yeah. so crazy the way when you were on this show in November 2020 for the draft or October, whatever fucking uh, month it was how you were just the biggest WWE bootlicker of all time. Like so much that like you, you ate the boot. You didn't just lick it. You literally would eat the boot. And now you're watching fucking GCW shows. Insane. Yeah. Life's crazy. Jeez. <laughs> you all right, pal? I'm good. I'm tired. But uh, other than that, I'm you doing stayed well. up late watching the Bulls get the shit kicked out of them. I did. I um what? that game didn't start till ten. What yeah, because they had the Mavs and Knicks on in the early slot, and it's don't do that if you're gonna only do teams like in Central or Eastern time. You know what is it with everyone raising their voice and being so mad on this program tonight? Are you guys okay, Joseph? It's been a long, it's been a long year, man. Bob like just said the it's phrase. It's like August. It's been a long year. Bob just said, "Don't do that." <laughs> everyone is now. Let's let Bob play a little bit here. Bobby? Yep. One thing you'd like to see from WWE in 2022? Um, I think just kind of more balance between the shows. Just not having one be good and one be bad. And I don't know if that yeah. you need separate creative teams like they used to do, or I don't know what the solution is, but like, it's very clear that when one show is good, it is at the expense of the other show. That's not great. AEW? One thing? 
I think just continuing to focus on the women, trying to get them elevated, you know, feature them. I think they, they have some good stuff there. They're doing more and more. And I think they, they have some interesting ones that uh, can be coming in in the next uh, month or so, you know, just based on timing. And uh, I, I think they're going to do it, but uh, you know, just keep focusing on that. Do you have any comment on Jeremy Lambert returning to the World Wrestling Federation? <laughs> Speaking of, someone sent a sent a super chat, a bobber chat. Uh, his name is Bob. Actually, he says Jesus. Jeremy sounds like a whiny little bitch. Uh, take your money, and I'm gonna give me a nice nice hamburger with that money. So appreciate you paying to, to make fun of me. Oh my God. Why a bobber chat too? That's crazy. I know his name is Bob sitting in bobber chats to do this. But there, you know what? There was the one the point day, where you you, you almost went full like busted open. Like you was like, oh, man, this is bullshit. The heat, brother. You got you got real fired up at one point. I was worried. Bob got fired up too. You, you guys need to calm. This is professional wrestling, brothers. <laughs> You know, this is take it easy a little bit around here. This is, you know, there's many wrestling podcasts that get mad, and you can watch those on many platforms. I'll not name. This is the show where we just kind of go, well, maybe, you know, and we sit and talk about it for a little bit. It's not, we don't need to be so good. Rankings look how angry fired Bob up, looks. Joseph. Look how mad Bob looks at us. Good lord. <laughs> Rankings get me fired up, man. Yeah. You know that I invested so many weeks doing my, my own fake rankings out of there, and then like, I, I get fired up over this stuff, man. Look, Shit. Man. Are you going to be on Raw or SmackDown? That's all I need to know. Uh, I'm definitely skipping past the NXT 2.0. I think they want me on SmackDown because it's Fox, and that's their big money program. So they got to have me on the show. I think a good gimmick for you to come in on would be, you know, Alexa killed her therapist. Imagine you doing them skits. <laughs> oh, I'd be amazing at that. That'd be fucking raw, wouldn't it? Yeah. Me and Alexa doing stuff. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be, be good. Yeah. Bob liked that shit. Bob messaged me. I, I, almost, I was almost mean to Bob. <laughs> you like that segment, O'Neill? I think it was bad. Like, I, I'm interested in seeing where it goes, I guess. Like, obviously, I'd rather her not come back like that, but that ship has sailed. So She's good. She I think Tape Machines nailed it in, like... I think you have to watch Alexa segments through the lens. Hey, go fuck yourself, Kylo. <laughs> Wait, what did he say? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Okay, well, look. <laughs> I think Tape Machines in his tweet suggested what I've come working with for a while. You have to watch Alexa segments through the lens of, like, let's see what she can pull off here with this content. Yeah. And yeah, and you watch it that way, it's kind of fun. She tries her best. Um, I will say there is at least a chance that it's trending in the right direction. Because you would only do the therapy vignettes if you're going somewhere else, you know? So I'll let it play out. That's what I'm saying. I'm going to let it play out. I think there's a chance they go in the right direction here. I think. No, probably not. She's going to come. She'll be in the Rumble, right? The lights will go down. She'll do the Malachi Black thing where the lights go down and she's just in the ring. Mm hmm. Yeah. That's who started that, right? No one else said that before him. <laughs> the Malachi Black. <laughs> All right, bro. Okay. Um, O'Neill, are you doing the post show with us? Yeah, sure. Why not? Oh, fuck. That's Everyone's going to be mad on that, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to sit here and just shout about rankings and about... Now we're going to talk about the NBA. Balls. We're going to talk about Russell Westbrook. I'm going to bring on SP3 to oh, defend bro. Russell Westbrook. <laughs> <laughs> That poor dude, man, it's over. 
It's horrible. Yeah. It's not good. It's not good. You hate to see it. Yeah. Uh, Joseph, do you want to plug anything? Yes, I actually okay. do. Um, last night, I did a review with Jack Crosby of AEW Dynamite. And it actually went pretty well. We had like 60 live views, so the chat was nice and, you know, fired up. We, we're at now. Let me do this. We're almost at 400 for the first free stream. That's pretty damn cool. Um, so that's something we do every week. I'll be solo sometimes. I'm sure many pals will pop up, you know, over time. Um, LateNightGrin.com for the, for, the, for the Patreon gimmick. Uh, you can sign up for a dollar. And that gets you everything. There are no tiers. You can just sign up and, you know, and then you can adjust your money if it's worthwhile. Uh, it probably won't be, but $1 cool with me. <laughs> and through that, you'll see when we post a free one, which is going to be dynamite for now, but I think I'm going to add over time. Uh, tomorrow night, we're doing the Late Night Grin, myself, Bob, Shoot, and uh, the Oracle of Wrestling, which is a four-hour podcast after Rampage, <laughs> in which by the end of it, Bob looks like this. And I ask him multiple times if he's okay, if he thinks he's going to have a heart attack. So... <laughs> There's a lot to a lot to look forward to, but first, before any of that, join us on the uh, on the post show. Oh how? Post show youtube.com slash fightful distraction. I'll actually post the link here uh, in one second. Cool. And while I do that, O'Neill, you can plug stuff. Yeah, you follow me on Twitter at Robert O'Neill31. Um, you can also see me on Late Night Grin, various uh, shows on there. Uh, Joe just told you how to do all that, so I'm not gonna repeat it. I'm gonna be on the post show here today. You can go watch that. Um, and I there's the post show link in the chat for everybody. I think that's about it. There you go. Thanks, guys. Thanks everybody for joining us. We'll be back next week. What are we talking about? I don't know. Uh, we'll be on the post show uh, here in a second uh, at youtube.com/slash five distraction. I just uh, the link is in the chat for for those that want to uh, for those that want to join us. We'll be talking about uh, Ben Simmons trades and, and Russell Westbrook uh, falling off a cliff and uh, all that fun stuff. And yeah. Everybody join us over there. Thanks, guys, for all your love and your support. We love you guys, except you, Kylo. Uh, I resent your comment that you made, but thanks, everybody else. Bye, everyone. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.